1: I'm your host, Molly DeVos. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm joined by my handsome husband, Dewey Vaughn. Hi, Dewey. Say hi to everybody. Hi,
2: <laughs> my beautiful love. And hello <laughs> to all of you out there in the big
1: cat world. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about, is it dandruff or dander?
2: You know, it's funny you're saying that. I I have allergies, uh, and today is a bad day for allergies, so it's interesting that we're having this topic. So, wow, I, I'm i excited about hearing it, but uh, you might hear some allergies from me throughout the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my voice is a little bit, you know, congested sounding, so it's all because of allergies. It's all right. You're still cute. You are still beautiful, my love. So what's the body tip of the week? <laughs>
1: Yes, the bonding tip, the Vitacraft bonding tip of the week is the whole family. What I mean by that is let everybody in the family bond with your cat. It's not fair for just one person to hog all the cat love, right? And one of the most important ways a cat bonds is through feeding. So have the other family members feed your cats too. Dewey feeds Pico twice a day, he's been doing that since he was kitten, and it's so cute to watch him. In fact, we do these bonding tips on video, and so I suggest you go to the YouTube channel and check it out, because it's Dewey's feeding Pico in the background, and Pico gets up on the counter and rubs his shoulder and leans into him. It's a really important little bonding moment for them. And so don't hog all that cat love. Spread it throughout the house. Let the yeah, family bond, right? Let the family bond and make their own individual relations with the cats. And, you know, that extends to prey play, too. You know, cats, anybody who prey plays with a cat, that is a bonding moment for the cat. All all interactive activities, you know, like, like treat toss, too. Let the whole family get in on treating the cat and spoiling the cat so that the cat bonds with everybody and not just one person. So that's your bonding tip of the week. Include the whole family on the cat love.
2: Yay. You know, and it's so cool that uh, when I'm feeding Pico, he jumps up on the counter and like you said, he kind (laughs) of leans over to my shoulder and he leans up against me. And I don't know what made him start doing that, but I'm, in the sink and I'm feeding him because he has a raw diet and so we have to feed over the sink um, and fix all that and he leans into me and then I started we he started giving me kisses so you know that was <laughs> that's always really a bonding moment for sure for us and you know by the way we we uh, oftentimes put you some of that Vitacraft stuff the licking and lap and oh yeah that on the food and he gets real excited about that. And That's that's great stuff. I'm telling you.
1: Yep, so, we sure do. And he loves it. He won't eat his food without a little lick and lap on the top.
2: <laughs> he I looks know. up at you like, "Where's the icing on the cake, people?" <laughs> you know, and and there's a lot of people that you are in your circle, uh, and especially some of the shelters and the people there are starting to use a lot of that vitacraft stuff. So. That's really good, and I was listening to someone last night as as we had hosted a party. They were talking about their cat is they love it as a treat, and they get that whole little package as a treat, and that's just become a great thing for them and the kitty. Yeah. 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 So this episode is about dandruff, which is mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I feel it like it, it, a lot of people probably think that's what makes allergies happen with cats and and things so you know it'd be great to talk about this i think it's a great episode to determine you know whether it's really something that's that's a real thing or something that somebody's just making up but um i can tell you that you know i i have a an uh, allergy but it's a small allergy when i went to the allergist uh for cats but i don't really unless i'm around a lot of them at one time um, pico never bothers me but it's more about the environment stuff that's really the worst
1: yeah he came home telling me he was allergic to cats and i got the suitcases out
2: <laughs> <laughs> for
1: his stuff
2: uh, yeah it wasn't <laughs> for because. the cats no. it wasn't <laughs> <to the cats. laughs> <to> my stuff <laughs> yeah well my allergies are so bad they always say i i should be in a bubble so yep, you know that's I, why we call him bubble boy yeah but i can't his nickname for- is bubbles I yeah, just told the uh, whole world that. Yeah, don't tell everybody <laughs> about that. You know? I'll be going down the street, and say, "Hey, bubbles!" Hey, bubbles! <laughs> you know, sometimes I—that's a, I, I, a
1: stripper I, name,
2: bubbles. Yeah, sometimes my allergies are so bad and so severe, I would give anything to get into a bubble just to get away from it at all. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I think I'd take that on more so than anything.
1: As long as it's a bubble built for two and You're Pico,
2: right. Right. <laughs> we're in. <laughs> so, you know, I can't imagine that we're going to do a show that's 30 minutes long talking about just dandruff. I mean, I, well, know. I know
1: we've talked about your allergies for five minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's that's kind of how this is rolling into because a lot of people talk about that kind of thing. I think that's where you're going to go with this. But who knows? You know, I'm assuming cat dander is the equivalent to to human dander, though. Uh, so kind of tell us what's the difference between the dandruff and the dandur.
1: Okay. So dandruff is the white skin flakes you see in a cat's fur. Like, especially if you have a black cat, you can see them really well on a dark brown or, or black cat. And you can see them mostly kind of on their back, on the top of their back towards the base of the tail. That seems to be where they show up the most. And just like with people, it happens with dry itchy flaky skin but dander is normal and very healthy for your cat and that's just simply the sloughing of dead skin cells that you know you we regularly shed and and then it gets replaced with new skin cells you know and dander is really tiny and lightweight and so it's often suspended in the air for long periods of time it's so small you know, dander is is really tiny. So if you're seeing stuff on your cat, then it's more likely dandruff. And Dewey has gone to sleep. <laughs> We've Sorry, lost. Sorry, my him. allergies
2: were getting to me all of a sudden. So uh anyway, um, you know what? I'm I'm listening to that and I'm thinking tiny. Microscopic airborne particles, quote unquote, sounds like an allergy to me. It sounds like something I want to start sneezing over. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> it's actually, it, interestingly enough, we'll talk about your allergies here for a minute. So it's not actually the dander itself that you're allergic to. It's the protein. And, and that protein is something that cats naturally produce. And it's called the F-E-L-D-1. And both dandruff and dander contain that FELD1 protein that's responsible for allergies.
2: You know, so, and I've heard you say this and you're saying it here, but the FELD1 protein is found in both the skin flakes and the saliva, right?
1: Yep. Yep. It's the protein that's found in saliva, anal glands, sebaceous glands, in the skin and and the fur also of cats.
2: You know you would think that if that's the protein that seems to be the one that makes everybody allergic that there should be some sort of way to give you some sort of medication to keep you from being allergic to that. I mean there should be you know if you got if you got the source you typically they can find a way to get around that. But what is a sebaceous gland? So that's the
1: gland that secretes. It's kind of like an oily substance, and it's what cats mark with, right? It's on their face, on their cheeks, and their chin, and their and their paws, and the back of their neck, and their rump, and their tail. It's you know when they're rubbing their face against you. Okay, he's putting some of that FELD1 protein on you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to tell him next time. Keep that protein to yourself. <laughs> so you know, when I,
1: you're bonding over food, he's depositing FELD1 on you. <laughs> yeah, he's
2: depositing those. I'll have to put I'll have to tell him, hey, keep those FDL ones yourself. So do <laughs> all cats really have the same amount of FD, FELD1 protein? Do you see where I'm going with this? Any some, you know, like are some cats less allergic than others? You know, because I am part of that bubble crew, the bubble boy crew.
1: (laughs) All cats produce FELD1, regardless of their physical characteristics. Even, believe it or not, the hairless cats produce it. Really? Yep. But female cats actually make less of it than male cats. And spayed and neuter cats produce even less. And they say that light colored cats. That's a lot
2: to think about right there. I I want to stop you just for a second because, you know, think about that when you're communicating that to the people out there that think that they have a little bit of an allergy. They would be less likely to have that allergy if their cat was spayed and neuter. I think that's a good point. Right.
1: Right. Well, actually, a light colored spayed female cat is going to probably be more I'm not going to even say hypoallergenic but it, that she will produce less feld1 protein than other cats so it's it's gender uh, and it's you know if they're fixed and it's color actually light colored makes less than dark colored cats
2: wow i think that's a lot to focus on to all those people that are listening out there, because, you know, if you really feel like you've got a little bit of allergy, now you've got a, a, a you know what you need to go after. If you're going to be getting a new cat or you're going to be replacing a cat, think about that. That's huge. That's good, good information. Yeah, except wow. we're never
1: going to have a female cat.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I get that. Um, So I've heard allergen food food you feed your cat that reduces allergies what do you think of that
1: yeah that's you know i've run into that recently on uh, on a behavior consult and i thought that was interesting and i i did some research on it and there is actually a study showing that feeding cats a food that contains an anti-feld1 um gy i guess it is or 1g y from from chicken eggs reduces the active F-E-L-D-1 on the cat's hair. Now, you know, from a nutritional standpoint, I mean, I don't know. I Personally, I'm for things that are natural, natural to the species. You know, that's why we feed Pico a raw diet. Last night, we had him out on his leash and harness with a party. We had a party here, and so we had him out kind of free wandering, you know, tethered, but free wandering between people. And he caught a big old lizard and, a couple of people ran up and said, Your cat has a lizard, Pico has a lizard. I said, Well, that's kind of what they do. You know, he'll he'll either decide he wants to eat it or he'll let it go. You know. Yeah. I mean, so I, I really believe that you know, whatever is natural to a species. And so I think blocking or lowering an FELD one production in a cat, especially when it's a component of something as important as marking, you know, cause it's in their, in their sebaceous glands. And so I just don't know. I mean, I, I certainly there are no studies out that show long-term effects of something like that, but I, I, you know, and gosh, in a multi-cat household, if one cat was eating that and the others weren't, you know, then that cat's going to f- maybe feel like it's, less able to mark i mean i don't know how they perceive it with a reduced feld1 does it change the the scent to them of of their marking oils i mean i i just i don't know from the cat's perspective and they certainly can't tell us so i don't know i i uh i would say you're just going to have to keep taking your allergy medication because we're not going to feed our cat that (laughs) but (laughs) <laughs> but there are studies that that support that it actually does work to help reduce it not eliminate it but reduce it.
2: Wow, you know that's that that's super interesting information. And for me that as somebody that suffers greatly from allergies this is a a great podcast and I'll keep saying that because it's just really informative. Okay, so let's get back to dandruff on the dandruff track. What causes dandruff in cats?
1: Well, it's a wide range of things. Um, starting with you know, limited range of motion, the can cat can't reach that area to groom. you know, that's kind of why you normally see it on the back, along the back and and, um, and and so that's a big one. and and that is usually, you know, their limited range of motion is usually caused by obesity. So the cat is just so overweight that it can't turn around and reach the base of its tail and that upper part of its back to clean. And that's not good. It can also be bacterial or fungal skin infections. It can be skin allergies because, you know, they might just be allergic to you too, Dewey. <laughs> it could be, could be fleas or mites, you know, parasites. Um could be like a uh, cancers, like cutaneous lymphoma is is also a, a kind of a skin thing. Could be malnutrition, and there's all kinds of underlying health conditions that that can cause it, like hyperthyroidism, diabetes, pancreatitis, and several others. So it could be a lot of things.
2: Wow, that's. That's a lot to think about. I, I just had to sneeze for a second. I had to go on mute to sneeze just thinking about that stuff.
1: <laughs> so, And you're the one that wants to go take a ride in the mountains today where all yeah. of this allergy stuff is high in the air.
2: Yeah, well, it's the only time I get to go, so I'm going to go. <laughs> so, so I know this is a serious thing to be talking about. You know, So is it not like just buying... Head and shoulder shampoo for the cat. So how, you know, how do you get rid of it? Sort of thing. What 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 do you do to get rid of all that dandruff?
1: Well, the first thing you got to do is is decipher what's causing it. So you need to go to your vet and make sure your cat's healthy. You know, and and a skin test can find out if your cat has mites, yeast, or fleas, and and that those things can cause excess dander production, and then. Blood tests, you need to get a blood test because that'll rule out some of the other medical conditions like hyperthyroidism and diabetes and things like that. And obesity and diabetes are are conditions that cause a lot of dander. You know, obese cats can't reach back there, like I said, to, to groom the base of that tail. And, you know, so they produce a lot of dander. So a healthier diet is one of the best things you can do. You know, poor diets don't prove enough don't provide enough of the fatty acids like omega three and six, which is what your cat needs to reduce dander. And we have lots of podcasts on what to feed your cat. And and I'm actually going to be doing a webinar coming up on nutrition. So um look for those and, and you'll understand. But you know, I, I'd say add omega-threes to your cat's diet. They can't can't get too much and omega-3s are found in in meat so when you buy your canned cat food not your dry cat food which keeps your cat mildly dehydrated which goes all the way to the skin just like when we're dehydrated then our skin is more flaky and dry so buy canned food and make sure meat is one of the first couple ingredients but not meat byproducts um, you can give skin and coat treats, you know, like, like lick and lap has omega threes in it. So there's lots of treats out there. Um, you know, there's a company called Because Animals it makes a great product. It's a sprinkle on the top of your your cat's food. It's like probiotics and also packed with omega three and six, and they actually um harvest those fatty acids from seaweed kelp which is is wonderful and so if you use that product it'll also help give coat extra shine that kind of thing um hydration is another thing that will help um cat's dander again the dry food is is a real culprit with that you know and then if your cat has dander it's recommended that you bathe the cat and <laughs> of course I just oh wow, go,
2: that's a terrible thing to think right?
1: about. Can you I imagine got... bathing your cat weekly? In I mean I have seen
2: both saws. <laughs>
1: Yes, exactly. Put on your elbow length welder gloves and go ahead. give your cat a bath. Yeah, I mean, no, that's that's traumatic. But, but you know and you some, better
2: throw a face shield in there too. <laughs> right?
1: Some cats actually tolerate it. i mean, i've I've seen people give their their cats baths. and And if you do want to try that, let me I'll give you some tips. You know, we I fostered a cat that was paralyzed from the waist down. And so she would she would use the litter box, but she'd drag herself through it and it'd get all over her. So I finally put her in a diaper. Well, and so then I had to I had to clean her, you know, multiple times a day. And and of course we fostered kittens that need baths and things. So here are some tips. Make sure that water is really warm because, you know, our body temperature's ninety seven, ninety eight or so, but cats are like hundred and two. So what's warm to us might just be lukewarm to them. So make the water warm, like 103. I'd go ahead and put a thermometer in there. It's kind of like a a really warm hot tub. And don't run the water. I mean, go ahead and, like, we have a two-sided sink, so I fill one side with water that's hot like that with the shampoo in the water, And then I fill the other side with clear water. And then I put a towel on the counter, right? And so I I get all the water filled so he doesn't have to hear running water because that freaks him out. And then, I you know just lower them slowly and and i have some videos out there too on how to hold the cat so you pick up the cat and you hold the back feet and the tail with one hand and then your other hand is kind of like a like a little harness up under the chest and front legs and you can lower them down that way and better control when they get all squirmy And then just let them sit in there. And again, if the water is the right temperature, they won't even really realize that they're in water. So, you know, minimal amount of splashing and putting water up on them. And, you know, if you can, just kind of rub their coat real good with it. And then over into the rinse side and then towel them dry, you know. You can also... Um, just groom them without water, you know, just get a damp cloth. There's dander removal spray, which is good to kind of bathe them with, with a damp cloth. And actually Bert Bert's Bees makes one and uh, Chewy carries it. So there is dander removal spray. Um, brush regularly. I mean, obviously you got to brush them after you bathe them, but um, brush your cat twice a day. That'll help keep dander down. And humidifiers actually work on cats too. You know they work for us to to help with our dry skin, and that works for cats as well. So a humidifier might work. And then you know sometimes stress also will cause dander. So reduce stress in your environment. and And for a cat, that means maintain a routine and that everything happens on time. You know, soothing music for the cat and maybe calming scents like lavender and that kind of thing. And then exercise, you know, prey play that gets them moving around. All of that will help, you know, reduce the obesity, reduce the stress, things like that. And I can't think of anything else.
2: (laughs) that's a lot of detailed information and great research, Molly. I'm telling you, this was a really good show. Of course, I. Peaks my interest because I'm having a bad allergy day today and it kind of fits down there. <laughs> but, you know, this was a good description of, you know, the difference between dandruff and dander. And I really appreciate that. We learned, you know, a lot about the FELD1 protein and the subsatious gland, I believe it was. So um, this is a, you, you really go into a lot of research on these things. And that's what I'd like to communicate to our listeners. Uh, listen, when Molly gets a project like that or gets uh, something that people want to hear, she dives right into it and she does a lot of in depth research and she gets a lot of information and then she puts it into this podcast, which is amazing stuff. So I would like to invite anybody and everybody that's listening to this podcast, go ahead and send Molly one of these topics and uh, you can send that to Molly, M O L L Y, at CatTalkRadio.com, and that's Cat two T's. So um please send her something and yeah. let her, uh, take off on it.
1: I've I've actually gotten several this week, and we'll be doing another episode where we read listeners' questions and and answer them because I love that hodgepodge questions. I think everybody else likes to hear what other people are wondering about cats also so and i also want to invite you to support to help support the work that we do Um, we provide this podcast and other resources totally for free and i work many behavior cases for free for low-income cat parents who, who can't afford to hire a behavior specialist and i do just about anything to keep cats out of shelters so If you're in that place too and you care about cats, all the cats in the world, and want a way to help, you can send us a little gratuity donation. It helps to keep this show on the air. And it's super easy. All you have to do is go to the store at catbehaviorsolutions.org and you scroll down past the products to the bottom and there's a Bunch of different donation amounts That you can add to your cart It's super easy Just check out and send us a little tip Like tip your waiters and waitresses
2: (laughs) (laughs) And while you're in that store You could go ahead and pick up some of that Lickin' Lap that we talked about here Yep,
1: it has Omega 3's Get some Lickin' Lap for your cat
2: And those treats are really a good thing I see that working all the time And Molly uses it as she uh, goes and helps folks with their kitty it helps to calm the cat down and helps to get the cat's attention and there's a lot of good things that that happen and you can even take them to the shelter with you and and that's if you're a volunteer there they're really good mechanisms to use uh, for calming those cats down you'll have Absolutely. the cats well oh, you'll be the most popular volunteer at the shelter yay
1: yeah they see those little pink packets coming and they literally get excited That our friend last night who came over to dinner was she said can i get some more of that lickin' lap from you and she said when our cat star just sees the packet she goes bananas and and that's the way it gets with the cats in the shelter too they, they see the they see the behavior volunteers come in with those pink packets and they get all they get all excited so yeah and yeah. be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram those are other ways that you can help and go out to YouTube uh, there's a lot of videos out there like I said I do the bonding tip of the week on video which is a little bit different version obviously than we do here so it's a lot more visual you might enjoy those and there's all kinds of webinars about, you know, how to introduce new cats and litter box issues and things of that nature. Nature.
2: So, well, let's, let's say, let's, um, how does somebody, when they go on YouTube, do they just type in something like bonding tips and then you get a bunch of those that pull up? How do you, how do they find it? You know, right? I've never done
1: that. I have no idea, but you could go and you find my channel, which is um, cat behavior solutions. So, you can just go to YouTube and Uh, type in cat behavior solutions, and I'm sure it will come up.
2: That's a great idea. That's a good way to tell people how to get there. Yeah. YouTube, cat behavior solutions. uh, I'm assuming.
1: You know, every time I go, I'm logged into my channel. So, I don't really know, (laughs) but I'm assuming uh, somebody email me and tell me, yes, that that worked for you, (laughs) or how to do that. So, we know. But, you know, this is where it's an all volunteer thing, we're a nonprofit. Believe it or not, Dewey does not get paid, (laughs) (laughs) nor do I. We do not take any money for us or salaries or anything like that out of uh, of Cat Behavior Solutions. And we're here to help you take better care of your cat and to help you increase the bond between the two of you. And we're going to keep doing that as long as. Shelter, shelter euthanasia euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. Well, I think that was all muffed up, but okay. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in today and and, uh, putting up with us and Dewey's Allergies. And until next time, keep calm and
2: purr on. Yes. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening.
0: Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles... Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at CatBehaviorSolutions.com. That's CatBehaviorSolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.